It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show Because you're in for the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, oh everyone. This is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at ThePopBreak.com. I am here with a whole bunch of people, um, and we're going to talk about uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse today. Um, we have om- almost as many people on this as, as Spider-Men in that film. <laughs> um, I, I'm i going to just, I don't know, maybe I'll take, I'm going to take Spider-Ham as my, my character. Cause, no, you know what? I want Spider-Man Noir. That's who I'm going to be. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought better of it. Um, so uh, everybody, introduce yourselves one by one. I guess like don't all rush. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna pick someone, and then you pick your spider. Um, cat, spider, who are you? Say hello and say who, which spider you would like to be. Hi, uh, this is Cat. Um, kind of bummed I couldn't get Spider-Man Noir, but it's fine. Um, I will fittingly take Gwen Stacy, not only because we basically have the same haircut, but she's freaking cool, so yeah. I'm great with that. Yeah, she's a great choice. I just can't play the drum, so I was like, you know what, I don't deserve that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Logan, how about you? Um, I would, you know, go the obvious choice and take Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, as we're referring to him in the Spider-Verse, but mm-hmm. I, will, I will gladly take Spider-Ham. Okay. Good. I, he's he's a great choice as well. George, how about you? Um, I would say probably uh, Miles. You know, if I can't take Gwen, then, uh, <laughs> then Miles was holding it down. Yeah, I respect the OG. Yeah, he's and, uh, he's great in it. Um, all right, Tom, uh, who actually wrote our review, and we'll be talking about um, giving us a summary of the the plot in a second um and by the way everyone this is gonna be spoilers everywhere so in case you didn't know spider ham's in it spider ham's in it um <laughs> so tom how what which, which spider are you you can repeat obviously um although i i, I hesitate um just because you, you know wrote what? the review i'll be happy to take penny parker i have a really cool oh. robot and i'm an anime character so that's pretty awesome this is a great call this is a great call um i'm proud of i'm proud of all of you um so tom why don't you go in and uh let us know what the plot of this movie is um which is complicated so take your time or do what you need to do (laughs) absolutely um so we start out learning about the original peter parker the original spider-man uh life's going pretty good for him he's got mary jane he's got a christmas album he's even got some weird popsicle memes going around and stuff like that um, but then we get introduced to Miles Morales, who is a black Hispanic uh, teenager from Brooklyn who is dealing with uh, going to a new school, dealing with uh, family issues, with uh, issues between his dad, who is a cop, and his uh, uncle, who is uh, has like a criminal background, stuff like that. Um, but him and his Spider-Man's worlds collide when uh, Miles also gets bit by a spider and gains uh, some different powers, some different stuff going on, but he doesn't know how to control them. Um, But shortly after he gains those powers, uh, the original Spider-Man dies, gets killed by the Kingpin, and Miles is now thrusted into uh, becoming his own hero. Uh, But he's not alone in this because Kingpin is trying to get some kind of multiverse thing going. 
uh, but bring more spider people to actually bring uh, them into Miles' world, um, which includes Peter B. Parker, who isn't too different from the original, but he's an older uh, Peter Parker, kind of down on his luck, not, things aren't going well. Um, but the two now have to work together to not only take down the Kingpin, but to kind of learn from each other and what it takes to really be Spider-Man, or like Spider-Man as a whole. All right. Um, do you want to talk about everything that happens, the people that show up afterwards, or, or, or we'll just get to that, do you think? Uh, I mean, we can talk about it right now. Yeah, uh, do the whole, spoil the whole movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a great job, honestly. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very impressive. Tough, it's a tough uh uh, concept to kind of put into words of what yeah. happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the interesting part, um, I think to just we just go and spoilers right now. I think the interesting part to me was Gwen Stacy and how she gets introduced into this um, into the film. In that you don't really know if, uh, at least when I saw it, I wasn't sure if she was uh, necessarily Gwen Stacy in his world or if she, but ends up she just ended up being there from her own universe. Yeah. And that she actually is Spider, uh, she's Spider Woman, as she refers to herself, and uh, as herself, you know. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting part of this is like an interesting twist to add on to the to the film. Yeah. Yeah, I was also quite surprised by that, and I'm sure like they they're just counting on a lot of the audience to know about Spider Gwen, and I'm sure a, a good a good chunk do, even even if you aren't necessarily a comics person, she's. She's she's shown up places I, I suppose like it's she's she's definitely around in the conversation but yeah I was I kind of was into the way they they sort of hesitated to um, say what like reveal who she was or how much she knew until pretty pretty late in the game honestly like you know yeah um, but yeah and then after that it's it's uh, dimensional shenanigans abound and more yeah. and more spiders show up. Um, so I'm gonna sort of assume most of you like this this movie since you're on on this. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna. I hate it. Marco yeah. is a menace. <laughs> um, no, I know you were here. I know. Yeah. Give me pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> so many pictures of sp- so many Spider Man. So, yeah, there's a lot of Spider people. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to Logan first because you are. Possibly other than Al, who named his own child after. Yeah. <laughs> who, I, who actually didn't meet this past week. It was it was fitting that I saw Into the Spider-Verse on Thursday. I, I met Parker on Friday. Um, congratulations to them, by the way. But, um, yeah, it was, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, um, but, but, yeah, how did you feel about the film um, as the, as the this maybe the second in place uh, Spider-Fan? Um, you know, so going back a little bit, I remember seeing the trailer, a friend actually uh, showed the trailer to me a while back, and I was kind of, I was kind of concerned because I felt like, you know, we're, I'm always worried about oversaturation of a character, especially my favorite character, my favorite superhero of all time, which happens to be Spider-Man. Um, you know, so I saw the trailer, but I was really intrigued by the animation, and I thought it was kind of cool that we were finally getting a, a movie that, you know, focused less on Peter and more on Miles. Mm. And as, you know, the months and months flew by and finally this was upon release, like this, and the the Rotten Tomatoes score was just like, oh my God, like this is, this is going to be something otherworldly, no pun intended. Um, you know, and I was just, I was super excited. I like, I like pleaded with my fiance who, who willingly goes to these things. I was like, can we see this opening <laughs> Thursday? I need to see this opening Thursday. I have to see this opening Thursday. I cannot wait another day. 
So we did, and we just sat in the theater, and I was just, I was so enamored by, by what I saw on screen. Not only just the storytelling, but the animation in this movie is, is I'm, for, I'm sorry to go cursing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I, I literally got a, a Barnes & Noble gift card last week, and I said I'm putting that towards an art, the art book of this movie, which is getting to me next week, and I can't wait to, like, rifle through it. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been I've been a very big Spider-Man fan for many years, and I kind of enjoyed how this movie not only focuses on Miles as a character who I absolutely love. I actually started I went back and started reading some of those comics earlier today to kind of get familiarize myself with that. And the, the movie does a really good job of like kind of painting a parallel. Like he goes to a, like a better school, and like he has got a relationship with his uncle and and stuff like that. That his dad just doesn't really approve of. Um, but I also really like how, you know, every movie that we've gotten with Peter Parker has been, you know, he's a goody two shoes. He's kind of like, you know, he's down on his luck, but he keep, he fights a good fight. I really like the fact that this movie gave us a, how much can one man take version of Peter Parker and he's perfectly voiced. And I was worried about it because I was like, I didn't feel like Jake Johnson, who I love by the way, like fit that demeanor. But I feel like this absolutely 100% worked with the character because he's he's down on his luck, you know, th- stuff's happening to him, and I just felt like the voice and the character worked really well, and I just really liked how they had a rough around the edges Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I think, and I, I read your review uh, this morning, Tom, great job, by the way. Thank you. Um, um, I do think they underutilize the side characters. I think Gwen's a big part. I think Miles is obviously a big part, and Peter's a big part, but I would have liked to see a little bit more of you know Spider Ham and Spider Man Noir and uh, Penny Parker because I loved all of them equally and I but I and I especially wanted more Spider Ham because I'm just like I'm like how much did they pay John Mulaney to voice like have like ten lines <laughs> um, but no the movie it's it's I, I sat in the theater and I was kind of like my cynical side was coming through I think my Peter B Barker side was coming through and I was just like how like. I just sat there and I was like, I can't find really anything wrong with it. Like I was, I was trying to, like the critique in my, you know, in myself, I was just like, I need to find something wrong with it, but I couldn't. Yeah. Um, and I just think, and I, I'm thinking about it like days later, and I have songs from the soundtrack on my phone, and every time I think about it, like I think about the scene from the movie, and I just keep smiling. And like I just can't. I can't put it into words enough that I, I did really love this movie. Yeah. Um, it's nice to finally have a. You know, and in a movie that it, it definitely deals with, you know, something that we, you know, as as film goers and 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 movie critics, you know, it's there's a lot of representation in this movie too, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially you know with Miles, who um, it, that's great, and there's also like, you know, um, other stuff like that. But I just think the movie does a it's a really good job balancing everything as far as the characters are concerned, and I. As soon as I saw that Lord and Miller were attached to it, I was like, I think this is in good hands because I loved everything they've put their their creative vibe to. I loved the you know Cloud of the Chance Meet Balls, Twenty One Jump Street, the Lego. This is pretty much the Lego Movie in a Spider Man universe. Yeah, it's very weird and it's very like it has dark images and and or dark content and it gets weird sometimes, but they find a way to bring it back around and like they they definitely add a layer of heart to it. And there's so many Easter eggs in this movie. I was so giddy. And my fiance is like, "What are you laughing at?" Um, there's a scene in, and I'll, 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 you know, I'll pass it off soon because I know I'm rambling. But there's a scene in the Uncle Aaron's apartment where there's like something on his TV screen, and it's like a, 
it's like an alternate version of the Donald Glover scene from Community where he's in like the Spider-Man shirt and I just picked that up on, on him immediately like you see the the dune buggy in like the lair which we'll get to i'm sure later but like there's so many easter eggs in this movie i can't wait to like own it and just like pour over like what i missed yeah but no i absolutely sure that the like Times square scene just yeah. like being able to go through that with a fine tooth comb is going to yeah. be very uh, very impressive there's so uh, much stuff there edgar wright like tweeted that there was like a nod to Shaun of the dead in the Times square scene i was like that's amazing yeah, that's that. fantastic that's yeah awesome no, that stuff is really dense, and like, there's even there. There's so many sort of visual jokes throughout, and it's such a like, well-made yeah. film on every level. And it's it's interesting that you say that like you were looking for something to be wrong with it, and I was I was too. Um, I think that maybe that's inevitable just from like the hype around it, because it was like yeah. before it came out, it was like this is a great film. All the yeah. comic people I follow on Twitter were like super super into it, and. And I probably I'm I'm the pessimist of 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 the of the film section in a lot of ways, so I'm I'm sure there are there were things that I could have like picked on I suppose, um, but it is. Also, I mean, and I, I'll let you go, but like it's 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 a six six seventh spider-man film at this point yeah you know that's that you also have to take that into account yeah yeah i mean i'll i'll reveal my J. jonah jameson-ness of this and and i'm not a huge spider-man fan like comics wise or or film wise like i i actually like keep thinking <laughs> it's a very dark thought and i don't how remember how i first thought of it but i was like how many more Spider-Men will I have to watch before I die? I mean, like, honestly, <laughs> how many of these movies must I must I sit through like like I'm in some sort of purgatory and I have to go? And, and on some level, I don't know, I feel compel- compelled to do so. Um, but this was really charming and, like, beautifully made in many ways. Like, the voice acting is, is wonderful. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's incredible. It's all match. Yeah, every, yeah, every person is picked perfectly and... And I, there's just the detail of not just the way the styles change slightly for each person, um, but the way that the music is also. There's a theme written for every character, yeah. which mm-hmm. yeah, even and I, sound effects for their team. Yeah. Like um, Spider-Ham has all slide whistle yeah. effects yep. for his like web swing, and I love that. I think yeah. it's so yeah. funny and so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one just, of my one of my friends uh, was talking about how the the easy choice for Spider Noir would have been Will Arnett. And I'm really happy that they went with Nick Cage. Yeah. I think uh, did a really great job. Yeah, yeah. Ha- having him voice it, who I couldn't identify at first, I was like, "Who is that?" Um, it sort of changes the like, alt like immediately tells the audience like, "Spider Noir is in here, but we're we're going to we're going to sort of make fun of that a little bit." Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a clever way that they do in like. I mean, that, that one felt the most, like, you know, Batman, Lego Batman to me, which is actually a film I thought was mostly kind of boring, but, like, um, but like this does everything that I wanted that to do in, in that it examines sort of every, every point in history for Spider-Man, like, just the Parker character, for instance, but also, like, the comic representation of that character yeah. and that idea as a whole. Um, and they're willing to play with it in a lot of very fun ways, but I will say, like, I guess I'll just get into it. Well, the the one thing that I found sort of confusing and a little, like, I don't know, lacking in bravery for me was to, for them to not sort of, like, acknowledge the Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy uh, history in a way. Like, I don't know which dimensions those two know each other and she dies in order to 
create this big story for him. But it, it just seemed weird that, like, at some point, Gwen takes off her mask and Peter B. Parker doesn't, like... Full, yeah, like, time doesn't collapse on him and all of a sudden he's like, oh, shit, like, that's nuts. Like, I'm... She lived in a, and I died in another dimension? Like, that should... There's so much there, especially because there's a... There's a storyline that they sort of pick at there that he he needs to re-examine his relationships with women. Um, particu- I think that was one of the, the best jokes when uh, he, he, he sees that Doc Ock is, is the woman and he's like, oh, I guess I need to re-examine my internal home. Yeah, so it's like, it's confusing to me that they know that they need to do that and then like, that's also been a conversation about Spider-Man in general and like really comic books in general is just like this fridging of female characters. So it's bizarre to me that like, I know there's a lot of other things going on, but like you could take out the ham and, and maybe just like say, you know, sometimes comics are bad for ladies. I don't know. Um, but I love John Mulaney, but for sure, if I was going to drop one of these spiders, it would have been yeah. Spider-Ham. Yeah. yeah, I would just have, like, I would have preferred dropping any character, honestly, just to, like, dig in that just a little bit. It just is, like, you have to really suspend your disbelief on that to be like, okay, I guess we're just not going to even acknowledge that. Fine. <laughs> um, right. But I'd like to hear from Kat. Did you have any feelings about that? I mean, you were, you loved okay. Spider-Gwen, I assume, and I'd like to hear what you thought about her involvement and basically just, you know, the the film itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I come from, I don't know, perhaps a unique or maybe a more common perspective in that I haven't really read the Spider-Man comics. I abstractly know about them and know about Miles and generally most of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a big fan of the films. Like, I love the first two Sam Raimi films. We don't talk about the third um, I, I can't emotionally get into Andrew Garfield, like, <laughs> and I think, and I think Homecoming is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so coming into this, I was like, all right, how, I gotta add like what ten more Spider-Man to my list. Uh, <laughs> there's way more than ten. I'm just telling you now. Yeah, oh, there's so many. Oh, I, I'm now aware. I am now aware. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I I'm not sure what my expectations were before, but at some point during the movie I was like oh this is incredible and it should just stop making Spider-Man movies because this Whatever. is this, like at this point I'm like I don't know how I could go back to Tom Holland like like this is Spider-Man yeah um, and, and for me and and okay oh, what's up oh so you cut out for a second but go ahead oh um just to like to bounce off her point really quick just to say like I mean, I love Tom Holland as a character, I really do, but there's so much in this movie that they just did in such in, in a form of animation that Spider-Man can do that, like, you can't get in live action. It's kind of how it was, like, yeah. live action Tarzans couldn't match what Disney did with the character, and I know that, like, Tarzan, the anime movie, is not, like, everybody's cup of tea, but I'm like, well, if you're going to have a character do something, you can really only have it be fluid and... and in motion and, and animation, and this movie achieves that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're you're totally right. And like, I know that people have been saying basically since since Joel Schumacher with his Batman films, like, been trying to make the comic come alive on the screen and stuff. And mm-hmm. honestly, like, I haven't seen that until this movie. Yeah, now, we haven't talked about it yet. But the way that there are like thought bubbles and mm-hmm. like the offset, literally. Yes, yes, literally, like, bam, kablow, and, and stuff like that. Like, 
it was it was truly like shocking how incredible it was and it wasn't overused it was used like just correctly like we don't even really see it until after miles is bitten and we hear his internal Mm -hmm. monologue which is really mirroring like the experience that chris pine slash jake johnson spider-man had um yeah, it was just it's just fantastic. But but to answer your your question, Marissa, yeah. in regards to Gwen Stacy, I definitely feel like um, they were withholding a lot of her character. Like every every Spider Person definitely had a bit of intrigue and mystery. Like like what's going on there? Um, I love when uh, during one of the really really most emotional moments of the movie, after what happens with. Um, Prowler, aka Miles's uncle, um, that they all sort of come together and say like, "Oh, we all have someone." Like, it was my uncle, it was my uncle, it was my dad, and stuff like that. Um, I I feel like with with Gwen to, to to really push back against your point, I really feel like they're gonna do that in a follow up to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think she'll have her own movie. Yeah, well, they're yeah. supposed to do an all female cast sequel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm on board. Where do I sign up? Yeah, um, that's cool. There's a yeah. lot of great Spider-Women out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I, I think I think that they like they wanted to like hint at it, like give her interest and make her cool in this, so they could jump off on it later. Yeah. Um, maybe they just felt like there was like so much work to be done in this that they didn't want to add one more thing. Which, honestly, like I stand. It's amazing. Every <laughs> shot is art. Like I'm I'm so on board. Yeah. One one thing I thought was really interesting was um. When she's talking about how it was Peter, I, I don't know how familiar people are with the Spider Gwen books, um, but I, I'm a big fan. And what what happens with her is um, when she starts being a hero, um, Peter Parker in that universe uh, is I don't want to say like jealous, but is is like inspired and uh, basically becomes that universe's version of the Lizard. Um, he, he uses uh, science to try and give himself powers as well, and uh, he basically uh, goes crazy and turns into the lizard, and they show, they show her fighting the lizard during that scene, but um, they don't really talk about it, and so I think that that's, it's, it was an interesting choice to kind of show it and hint at it, yeah. um, but I definitely think that that's something that they'll probably explore more, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Well, when you uh, just said that now, you just made me think back to it. Um, when they show his body there, he has, like, scales on him, and I couldn't figure out why, but now that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's that's the thing that's so interesting to me, is that, like, so many of the other characters, they, like, do a lot of very detailed backstory. And, yeah, I get that they're, like, saving thing for another, things for another movie, but it is weird, like, that they just assume that you either know what's going on with, with Gwen Stacy... Um, in the film and then hinted a lot of like all that backstory like the scales and stuff and like you know her and Peter's friendship and 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 her sort of oblique reference when when Peter B. Parker sees uh, the the Miles's universe's MJ um, and sort of is like you know don't don't go down that road I've been there like it, it's it is strange I'm just surprised like, like I, I just I'm very curious about like the thought process behind being like, let's be really, really, really very, very oblique about her thing. And then also, and I think I, maybe I would have less of a problem with that obliqueness if there was like, if I didn't know what kind of relationship they were trying to set up with Miles and her, like, 
I don't recall there being ever I, like have they ever met in in the comic books like has there ever in, been in spider-verse they, okay they meet and um they actually have a really uh touching uh conversation mm-hmm. um with her her and peter have one as uh where um something that would have been nice in this movie to speak to your point um mm-hmm. where her and peter talk and they're like hey um we couldn't save each other in our universes so let's make sure that we watch each other's back in in this and yeah. something as simple as that would have been yeah nice yeah that's that's and there's like there's totally a moment for it and then it just sort of goes by which is just i don't know like the thought process on that is so weird cuz like the rest of the film is so detailed and like unafraid of like examining all of the meanings here like you know what do you mention the scene where where they all get together and like well we've all lost someone so it's just it's it's just very strange to me that they 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 hold back on that one part of it yeah. and yeah sure it's probably for the next movie but it I still would have loved to see it now you know because I'm sure there was a lot of people who also who love Miles but also really love Spider Gwen, you know Spider Gwen, and, and yeah, I like Gwen more than I like Miles, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my honestly, my skin in the the game was was Spider Gwen, so it was like sort of frustrating to not get a little more. Best costume in comics. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, one thing I also I wanted to mention was that I thought they did a really um, stellar job of adapting the story because. Mm. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse is probably one of my favorite comic book runs, and I, it's so complicated. It's so complicated. There's, like, spider life-energy-stealing vampires who are trying <laughs> to sever the, like, webs that hold the dimensions together, and, like, it's so over-the-top and crazy, and the the stuff that they left out and how they, like cherry-picked things from it to make it work for a movie I thought was really great because that was something I was really worried about going into it actually and um, I thought they did a good job of kind of shifting the power uh, um, or the leadership to Peter mm-hmm. because in in the books it's Spider UK actually who's who's kind of leading the charge and um, he, he's cool but like he's not someone that people are very familiar with. No one's like, oh yeah, my favorite Spider-Man is Spider-UK. <laughs> um, and so I, I thought that they did a really good job of picking what to to, to put in this movie. I, I agree that there are some things like that um, Gwen conversation that would have been nice, um, but making sure that, that they kept the spirit of, of this, this meeting of the spiders um, was really something I was concerned about and I thought they did a good job with it. Yeah, it, it's clever to recenter on on P- our Peter, the Peter Parker people know so well, especially like A, taking the Chris Pine character, the Chris Pine original sort of like perfect blonde one, um, which is the one, I don't know, that most people would probably think of as Spider-Man, you know? Um, yeah, I agree. And then sort of convert that a little bit by having Jake Johnson, which is so smart to like change the voice actor for that. Like, I, I yeah. think that's just inspired. It's close too. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Not so different, and you're like, oh, it is. It is. It's a new voice, but it's, yeah. it's close enough yeah. that it, it feels like the same person. Yeah. When I was first listening, watching it in the beginning, I was originally was like, oh, I think that's Jake Johnson, just kind of like throwing his voice a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's very more like, like tone and stuff like that. Like Jay Johnson's a little more like 
downer and like he's yeah, obviously in his exactly. place yeah. and like Chris Pine is so up in the air he's so like happy to be there and I feel like their voices are those kind of voices and it fits so well into their characters yeah also Chris I also, was I, so excited to teach him yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I, I like having a movie where I can relate to Spider-Man's physique a little bit more. <laughs> exactly, like, you know, six-pack abs. Like, I was like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks for giving me that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get ready for 50 billion uh, Spider-Man wearing sweatpants Halloween costumes. Yeah. I'll be right in line with them. Um, so, we talked a little bit about, like, technical stuff uh, with this. And I'm I'm curious, like, I, we talked, I don't know, I guess... I want to talk more about like the comic book choices, the way this deliberately looks like a comic book and how the style of this movie is is so integral to what it is enjoyable enjoyable about it. Um, let's see. Uh, Tom, how about you? How, how did you feel about like the way they're distinguishing characters, about the the way the art is so dynamic? What like what are your thoughts on that? I think it's just so amazing because I think it makes it such a unique animated film mm-hmm. not just in the sense that like the, obviously all the animations are different um like Penny Parker looks like an anime character Pork uh Peter Porker looks like a, a a cartoon character but like it makes it so engaging to watch because every time they would knock on something those little lines would pop up or when Miles is running um away you'll see comic bubbles like fly by him and stuff like that and it's so like it makes you want to watch it more and it makes it so engaging in a sense that you feel like you're a part of the movie because you're getting all the little details and all the little accents to all the actions that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anybody else want to jump in on that? I don't want to cut anyone. Yeah. yeah. I, I just thought, I thought it was really uh, spectacular, Spider-Man. <laughs> um, was it amazing? It sure was. was sensational. It was superior to other films. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I thought that it, it's it, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I can't remember the last time I was so excited to go back and watch a movie again. And part of that is just because I like being in that world. Like, it's so beautiful. The colors are so vibrant. And I know that we're kind of coming out of the, the dark and dour superhero phase of our lives. God um, bless. But, but still, to a point... Uh, things are a little more muted. I mean, sure, we get our Thor Ragnaroks and our Guardians of the Galaxy, but um, just having a superhero um, movie that really popped like this and had so many colors that were just gorgeous to look at, um, it it was really, it was something special, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was saying to my, one of my friends the other day that I, I mean, as as many Spider-Man movies as we've gotten, like, this one probably features my favorite moment of any Spider-Man movie, when Miles leaps off the building, like, the leap of faith, and, like, the the music, and, like, how he's just falling, like, I can't figure out a way, like, anybody could recreate that in a a live-action film. Yeah. Like, that, to me, was, like, I've seen this character be, have this, you know, oh, I I found my powers, or I have my origin story, but, like, to me, I'm, like, when he left off that building, I was, like, oh, my God, like, this is, this is otherworldly, like, um, like, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's just, like, to me, I'm, like, that's, like, a quintessential, like, that's why I love this character so much. Mm. It's because this movie put, and I said it before, I put it it into animation, and, like, there was points in time I'm like, is that actually like a real car? Because it looks like a real car, but like they play around with like 
the anime style, like Tom was saying, and the cartoons, and, like, it almost has, like, this claymation kind of, like, edge to it, too, like, the way yeah. that faces move. Yeah. It's just, like, they blend so many things together, and there's no, it's so seamless. Yeah. Like, it's just, the, and and the comic book thing, I was, like, and maybe that was why there was a nod to Edgar Wright, because, like, there's, I definitely had, like, a sense of, like, this is kind of Scott pilgrim in, like, this way, right. um, which, to me, is still, like, the best live-action comic book movie. Um, and I think they, they kind of like took some nods from that and maybe they were just paying tribute to him. But to me, like it, there's, there's things that are done in this movie that like, I don't care how far we can come in CGI. Like I think Spider-Man as a character, he just works so well more as like, he's so animated and he's so fluid that like this movie finally gets to portray him in the way that like the world needs to see him. And and you know there's there's scenes where like miles is running away from the prowler and the cars are crashing and he just like he gets through in the nick of time and it's like it's fast and it's it, it moves fast like the the fight in aunt may's house like i loved how they played with like the depth of the house it's like an anime where it's like you know like miles is jumping off the wall and trying to punch um, doc ock and it's like you can tell that the width of the house is not that big but like they almost like uh, to, the depth perception like changes. Yeah, it's just it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, you, when you mentioned the the jumping off the the building scene, and it just made me think of like the the comic timing in this movie is so impeccable. When he is trying to figure out which building to jump off of, <laughs> and he he goes to the shorter one. I laughed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's no secret that I don't like Solo. And and I just think about how much Disney dropped the ball by firing these guys. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah. I am dying to know what that movie would have been if yeah. these guys had still had their, their handprints all over it. Because it's the, every time they, they're so good at balancing the timing of jokes and... You know, the things that are emotional, you know, they pick you right back up afterward. The Stan Lee uh, oh, cameo yeah. is Absolutely. so heartfelt and then immediately yeah. punctuated by a joke. And it's, it's, a, it's a great joke, too. Yeah. And um, they're, they're, they're just so funny. And I loved the writing in this as well. Yeah. Well, a lot yeah, of that is right. also, like the way that the film does visual storytelling in a way that like I don't know I, th- I sometimes think about this with watching like the the even the like main Marvel films you know like the MCU stuff like there are times when the image seems to take a back seat to what like maybe plot points or, or even like a fight scene sometimes they're just like and that's not it, it's just the style we've been dealing with since like let's say the Bourne films of that handheld camera sort of thing of like the blur oh, motion and nightmare. yeah and, and even frankly like transformers or something where it's just like a lot of like stuff lying in your around and you're like i guess i guess this isn't taking place in in space in the real world i don't know um but yeah there's a lot of really clever visual storytelling moments that like probably because it's it's you know from a comic book fr- fr- more comic book focused and also like they clearly got great animators on it. Um, but yeah, like, th- that shorter building thing, they do that completely visually. He doesn't say, like, mm, maybe I should go for something shorter, which is something yeah. that you would hear in a live-action yeah. version. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't just have a camera shift. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I don't know, I just, I love... And then there's there's even storytelling in the credits, you know? Like, 
yeah. when they all get back to their dimensions and like Spider-Man Noir has that that whole thing about the Rubik's Cube like it's so <laughs> it's so cleverly yeah. done and all visually like it's just such smart storytelling and yeah. I think that's what is so impressive about it and also makes me want to like go back and watch it again in a theater especially mm-hmm. on a yeah. giant screen there's the the opening like um like the opening intro with like the sony animation and all like the the jarring of like the colors and stuff like that like yeah. it obviously like sets you up for what you know and as soon as like you get the approved by the comics code like thing you're like yeah. oh well it, here we are like yeah. we know we're exactly where we're in for yeah it's yeah. funny because like that joke I, I mean there were clear comic book fans in my my theater that got it and then there were a couple of people around me who were like what <laughs> like yeah. actually said out loud like huh um but yeah um i got i kind of want to get to we haven't talked about miles too much but i want to sort of dig into that because he is basically the the movie is sort of setting him up as it's establishing his history and who who he is around and his backstory and like showing us that origin story but in a way that feels um fresher than it it might considering how many origin stories we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years well like 18 and years we also really. get like four or five in this movie yeah and right I'm- we get multiple and they do it in such a way that like you're excited to hear an origin story which i could not tell you the last time i was excited <laughs> to hear an origin story um so yeah i'd love to hear someone talk about uh the miles character how you felt about his arc, what the uncle stuff means, um, all of that. Uh, whoever wants to jump in first. I think I'll start. Um, I I really enjoyed him as a character because I think he's such he's so different from Peter in that like Peter's a nerd. He's not like he's like almost socially awkward in a sense. And Miles isn't that. You know, Miles is loved in his neighborhood. Um, he likes himself a lot, and he just uh, he's awkward in the sense of like. Uh, like, weird things happen to him, and, like, he just can't, uh, figure out, like, the social aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my only, I only had, like, two issues with him. Hmm. One isn't necessarily with his character, but it's more of, uh, like, when he becomes Spider-Man. Uh, I think, Marissa, you can relate to this, because you saw, um, The Hate You Give. Yeah. They start with this whole thing on him, uh, going to an upper-class school and, uh, having him, like, wish he was in with his kids. I wish they would have gone more into it. I feel like they would have made him more of a, a complex character in a sense. Hmm. That's an interesting um, point. I, I didn't think about it, but there is the sort of the racial aspects of this are sort of uncommented upon in, in a way that when when Miles first appeared were heavily commented upon. <laughs> commented yeah. upon. Mm-hmm. Huh. Even um, to this day, I mean, you go on any Facebook thread about about this movie and everyone's like oh social justice warriors need a black and hispanic spider-man it's like shut the hell up yeah, yeah. <laughs> comics fans are, are truly the worst <laughs> so i think my other issue was just when he became spider-man he has these incredibly unique powers he can electrocute people he can turn invisible yeah. but like they're just not explained in a sense yeah. like they're just there you know yeah i didn't well, I think, think i think that that does that's kind of how he feels too yeah. Um, yeah. which I thought was, was a, a kind of a good way of doing that is like all of a sudden these things just show up and he doesn't know how to handle it and yeah. we don't either um, so I, I thought that that was kind of a story choice but I could see why it might be 
something yeah. like that. Yeah, it is, it is odd in that, like, I don't, I, I, I don't know a ton about spiders, but I don't remember the electrocution thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd like, Kat, how did you feel about the Miles character? Because you, as you said, you're, you're not, like, that into the comic books okay. aspect of it, and, and this is your, I assume this is your, like, first intro to the character. How did, how did that, all of that work for you? Yeah, I, I think I I loved Miles like right away, not only because it felt like he represented a lot of what we've really never seen from Peter Parker on screen, mm. but because he felt so now. I was like, yes, that is definitely a kid in 2018 <laughs> with his like cool ass headphones and this music that Sony, like, was, Sony. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sony. Don't forget it's Sony. Um, yeah, listening to music that I'm sure like very hip youth are listening to that I don't know anything about. Um, alone. I mean, the soundtrack is incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It That's why I was so happy when St. Elmo's Fire came on during the Sweden scene in the forest. I was like, I know that song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought, um, yeah, really, the, the best part about him is that he really, really just felt like a normal kid where there was nothing particularly remarkable or quote-unquote special about him like even though peter parker is traditionally like like a big nerd and everything and the idea is that anyone can be peter parker like he's also super smart and and has all of that stuff but miles is like just trying to get through life he seems like he's really popular with his friends and is like having a good time definitely knows who spider-man is but you know, one of the very first things he says when after he's bitten, he's like, "I don't want this. Like, uh, I, I, like, get this away from me." And I don't know. I thought that was just so relatable. And I'm thinking about like young kids that are going to be seeing this movie now, and like, that's huge. That's a really big deal. I loved how his mom like really seamlessly kind of spoke Spanglish to him, and it was never, uh, it wasn't like subtitled. It was just there. It felt really real. His dad felt like so many dads I know, who is just like trying, trying to do the best he can and, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. And like I love how in his room, like he had like a Chance the Rapper poster that was like slightly yeah. different because they're in a slightly different universe, like stuff like that. He just he felt so rich and real to me, where he was on screen for two minutes, and I was like, I know exactly who this kid is, and he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the single most relatable thing in this entire movie is when Miles Morales is. Uh, half singing and half humming along to a song because he only knows some of the words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was super cute. I like and and again, like just the detail that they're willing to make all of these characters so real and like textured when sometimes, especially when you're introducing so many characters, just feels like no time. Like I think about Infinity War, which has 400 characters in it, and like. You know, there's just there's actually. just literally no time. They're just like you know this guy. Like it's fine, just go. <laughs> like, and it's it's cool, but like also like I can't. Not that anybody would ever be watching that f- as the first one, I suppose. Um, but it would still be like what? Yeah, it'd be like what is this? <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> you know. Um, and there's none of one that thing, here. One thing I uh, wanted to ask people in this uh, chat is. Uh, if there were any spider people that you wish were in the movie, but that weren't. Mm. Uh, so, for example, um, one of my favorite alternate Spider-Men is Spider-Punk. And uh, he is so fun. And I think that he would have been 
uh, a really interesting addition, um, possibly added a little more edge to it. Um, and like I said, uh, as much as I love John Mulaney, I think he's hilarious. Uh, if I had to drop someone, it would have been Spider Pig. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that um, we already have so many funny people that I think that swapping him for Spider Punk uh, might have been fun. Um, just to, you know, as, as, uh, as I suppose Spider Noir is the edge of the group. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, his, even him, he's kind of like the punchline. And, yeah. Uh, it would be interesting know, they, to see him, like, go up against another, like, serious one and how how fun that would be to have them, like, just work off of each other, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, on, yeah on that point, George, like, my... Like, I wasn't a huge fan of the, the comics run, but it would be interesting to see, like, a superior Spider-Man in there, like a Doc Ock, like, an infused Peter Parker, to see how that dynamic would work. Yeah, especially having uh, Doc Ock go up against uh, themselves, basically. Yeah. Uh, would have been cool. And that's... that's uh, That in uh, Enter the Spider-Verse, they're they basically do have to grab um, one of the Doc Ox to help them yeah. um, figure out how to how to stop these uh, spider vampires. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I, I think that would have been cool too, Logan. Yeah. Uh, anyone else on the, on who their, their, what other spider person they'd want to see? Um, I mean, I, I've always loved Spider-Man Noir, so I knew he was going to be there, so I was super satisfied that he was just there. So there wasn't many people that I could think of that I wanted more of. I, I know this doesn't really quite count, but Venom question mark? Like can someone finally do that character right off the screen, please? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah. Just person, maybe. Yeah. It's fun. I went to see Venom just so I could I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm the film editor, so I'll, I'll watch any piece of trash they put out. But you know, I, I did enjoy it in its weird way, so it would have been nice to see like I don't know. It like Sony knows what they've done they should they should yeah. refer to it <laughs> I mean I watched that movie like at home like and I was just like there's there's a there's an undeniable charm there I yeah. just can't put my finger on it like why you know because obviously you know um, Spider-Man 3 did the character wrong and this movie kind of I mean, Venom did kind of the character wrong but I'm like both of those movies like there's something underlying them that like I can't hate you fully like there's just something there yeah yeah, what's fascinating to me about that Venom thing was that every comic book writer artist that I knew drew fan art of that movie in the in the like first two weeks afterwards, and I was like, wait, what? Uh, shouldn't they be the ones the most critical of it? And they kind of all seem yeah. to like it. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Venom would have been great though. That would have been that's yeah. a good call. Um, yeah, and well, he has teamed up with Spider-Man in various points during the comics, so it's not completely out of the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they go up against Carnage and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I, I love uh, Ben Riley, who is um, he's a clone of Peter Parker and he is uh, the Scarlet Spider and yeah. uh, I, I, I love him as a character but uh, I was like I think it's a good idea that they didn't include him because he is so close to the original that it's like well I don't know how much it would have added and it's like at some point you, you can't just include um, fan service for everybody and uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that other companies should maybe take notes about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it was it was like kind of nice that yeah. there were things that I like that weren't included. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I up for more? Can I ask yeah. a question of the of the group that I because I I've read some Spider Man, but again, he's not my like favorite character, so I I haven't dug it in too much. But the post credit sequence, um, mm-hmm. 
what the, <laughs> that's what Spider-Man like 2066 or some something 2099 2099 okay um voiced by Oscar Isaac yeah I immediately was like wait IMDb and it was like Oscar Isaac playing interesting person number one I was like what the hell yeah I didn't even need that I was like as soon as he started speaking I was like they got Oscar Isaac for this what's happening like nobody told me I would have I wished I'd known um, but yeah, like what, I guess that sort of refers inevitably to something more. And we've talked about, you know, there's going to be a lady, an all lady one, which I, I'll, I, I'll buy tickets for that the minute they're available. But what do you guys think that sort of post-credit scene is, is going to be about? Other than the, the visual joke that comes afterwards, what do you guys think that's about? I think that, um, it might be something more similar to the actual comics where uh, what they've been doing might have damaged um, the, the strands that hold the dimensions together. Um, and so he, he needs to recruit other spider people to um, kind of try and fix the damage and, and uh, stop whatever is happening. Mm. Um, and I think that Spider-Man 2099... Um, is uh, sort of an edgelord character, um, and I think that it was interesting that uh, they had him in such a fun scene. Uh, and I think that that does a good job of being like, this is Spider-Man 2099, but he might not be exactly the Spider-Man 2099 that you know. Yeah. Um, and and I think Oscar Isaac is a good choice for like sort of a leadership role. Yeah. So um, I thought I think that that uh, based on my assumption that. It's like a damaged uh, strands of, of time and space thing. I'm very excited for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, that was easily, like, I could say that's one of the better post-credit scenes and could trump so many of the MCU post-credit scenes. Mm-hmm. Even the meme itself, just, I was yeah. rolling. It was <laughs> yeah. done. It was yeah. very funny. Yeah, my audience was going nuts. And, and like, I love the way that, because usually a post-credit sequence is so serious, um, and that, and it looks like it's going to be for a second and then it becomes totally ridiculous right, right at the very last second. And I was like, oh, what a, what a wonderful surprise to sort of switch the tone very quickly there. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get to, we're going to talk about like, you know, sequels stuff in a second, but I do want to very briefly talk about, um, the Kingpin character and the choice behind that. Um, uh, I guess I don't, I, again, I, you know, it's, I associate Kingpin comic wise especially mostly with daredevil um and it's it's sort of fascinating to see the like the family aspect brought in and i guess people have more of a knowledge of kingpin now than they did because of the daredevil tv show but what are what are the thoughts on that as like a a villain character because there's almost more he's like a plot device almost in a way but like there's so much more going on that that miles and everyone has to contend with that he's he doesn't seem as formidable, perhaps, as, as he might have. But that's not necessarily a, a criticism, by the way. Right. I, I thought that um, Kingdom is great. I, I think that uh, he, he and Peter have a really um, storied history, actually. He, yeah. Um, and, and one of my favorite moments in comics is when, um, is when Peter finds Kingpin... Um, who I, I think that he had like just killed Aunt May or something, mm-hmm. and uh, he pulls off the mask because uh, Spider-Man can't uh, beat Kingpin to a pulp, but Peter Parker, in his rage, can. And he's like, mm-hmm. "This is not something that I can do with Spider-Man." Um, mm-hmm. And and so like 
having that sort of backstory um, and knowing that relationship, I think, made it a little more interesting. I think that um, for people who are not as familiar with uh, their history in the comics, I definitely uh, see your point about it. And he, he functioning more as a, a plot device. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but I thought that that he was really good. I thought that the voice acting was was really good. I like Liam Schreiber a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I think it's it's actually pretty telling and interesting that we've talked so long and only just now we're talking about Wilson Fisk and the villain. And stuff. Because I, I, I hesitate to say that he was the weakest part because there's no weakest part because this is a perfect film. Yeah. But um, I will admit quite literally every time he was on screen I was laughing. And, and, I, and I'm curious what you guys think about like the the real choice in terms of his animation because by and large everyone else is you know quote-unquote looking realistic ish um he reminded me a lot of the uh have you guys seen uh the movie cats don't dance no oh it's a it's an old animated film uh there's this big butler in it who like he like crashes through a wall and like the imprint is his wall and when he walks (laughs) out it's literally like he slides through his imprint he looks just like it i've seen that movie and that is a good call yeah Um, he looks just like it (laughs) looks like one of the dancing thumbs in spy kids (laughs) (laughs) that's a reference i understand (laughs) oh the madman help us save us Yeah, it was just, I don't know, I felt like it was really bizarre. Like, it, it, I don't want to say it undercut his his villainy, um, but I, I just thought it, it was so interesting. So I, I'm curious to, to hear your guys' thoughts. I mean, my, so I saw the movie with my fiance Jackie, and when we came out of the theater, she's like, Kingpin, he's like, his animation was like, it was so aggressive. Like, he's just very, he's very big and bulky, and kind of everybody else is like, you know, it's, it, they're, they're normal. Like, everybody else is, but I guess they were just kind of like, He's almost like a character in of himself because, like, he's so big. And, like, in the mo- the movies, like, I mean, I think Vincent D'Ofano does a great job as him on, on Daredevil. Um, and he's not he's not hugely, like, towering over people, but, like, they make him seem like he is. Because Kingpin in the comics, he's, like, just, he's, he's massive. He's a big boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that his storyline, I guess it makes sense because, like, he just wanted to take care of all the Spider-Men, Spider-Mans, because, like, he took his family away from him. But, like, do they, I'm trying to remember, do they even, like, mention that, like, he knew that there was alternate dimensions? Well, I think um, that he got that from Doc Ock. Uh, uh, okay. Because it was uh, okay. their, it was their uh, device, and he, I think he was funding it. Yeah, I mean, I really like Lady Doc Ock. I thought she was visually cool. I liked the scene in the forest. I th- I guess that was... Was that Tombstone, I, I guess? Yeah, yeah it's Tombstone. Um, and then you also have Green Goblin, who who visually looks cool, but, like, definitely, he's 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 massive. Like, he's almost, like, otherworldly. Yeah, what was that about? I, is, there a, is there a world where he's not just a dude in a suit? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man, he's kind of more... Like a like a monster. Oh. Like he's not like Willem Dafoe and Spider-Man. You know, yeah. he looks like a Power Ranger villain. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess we are in the Ultimate Universe, as it were. So yeah, huh? Wow. Um, I guess he takes on more of like a Hulk kind of deal, where he actually his physical features fully change. Right. Um. But yeah, like I like that fight. I that was the part of the movie. Like just going back to the the technical stuff, like. I didn't see it in, in 3D. I always saw it in 2D, but there were points and I was like, wow, this might have actually been cool to see in 3D. Did any of you see it in that in that format? No, but I think yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. I think I'm going to tonight. 
Oh, you're going to see this tonight. I'm so jealous. I am. <laughs> my brother, he's super excited. He's a huge Spider-Man fan, so it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I promised my dad I would go see it with him so he didn't have to sit by, by himself in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, will say, I think that Wilson Fisk's, like, biggest, scariest moment actually happens very early on when he just straight up murders Chris oh, yeah. Pine Spider-Man. I was like, wow, they're going there. Yeah. yeah. But, but the movie's he, dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, he never really fully, for me, like, goes back to that scary place. Mm-hmm. And it could be just because of how he visually looks. I don't know. Like, I, I thought he was a good villain, but he definitely it wasn't the strongest aspect of this movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah. that is really shocking that, that they kill Peter at the beginning, even though, I mean, it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I sort of really appreciated that the film didn't, like, in find a way through the dimensional whatever to bring him back and i you know who knows if it'll happen later but mm-hmm. it's great that he's just like dead yeah yeah because that's the thing i hate so much about comic books in general is that like death means mm-hmm. nothing so when it happens as a plot point i'm just like all right but when are they coming back like three issues from now who cares <laughs> right um, well maybe uh uh like in the in the comics um Spider B Parker will uh, make a deal with the devil and sell his marriage <laughs> to the devil to uh, to bring back someone. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff in, in yeah. the books. Comic books are nuts. Uh, uh, so because he's radioactive, um, while while he and MJ are married, he gives her cancer because of uh, oh I know that their marital marital activities <laughs> um, and uh yeah there's like all kinds of weird stuff that uh it's like well i guess this is just how it happens now yeah. <laughs> worst std ever yeah <laughs> pretty bad <laughs> boy comic books are nuts god bless um <laughs> so just before we, to wrap up i want to talk about um a little about a little bit about what you guys want to see in whatever sequels there are um and what you want yeah just what you want to see um let's start with george oh okay um so yeah in an immediate sequel to this like i said i, I kind of hope that things are a little bit more uh similar to the actual comic book in mm-hmm. terms of the the scale of the issue and uh you know kind of the like time time space web uh mm-hmm. thing but i i really am looking forward to to the all-female one i think that there are a lot of great spider women uh and like i said uh, spider one is one of my favorites i think it is the best costume in comics um and and you know being able to see her interact with silk and and uh the other spider women like jessica drew um i think will be really cool um and i i really do hope that we get to explore some of the other dimensions a little bit more um, obviously they, the whole point of this one is that they got pulled into this dimension, but, uh, there are a lot of cool, uh, alternate ones like the, the spider punk one where it's like a dystopian future and, uh, he is fighting the fascists with his rock and <laughs> it's like, it's like there, there's just like fun, fun alternate stuff that I hope we get to see. Yeah. Uh, Logan, how about you? I mean, for me personally, and I, I think I mentioned this at the top of the podcast, I'm just worried. Like, I obviously I love this character. I mean, it's a, it's the main reason that I wanted to be on this podcast. And I also want to thank Roy, uh, Laura, 
who, you know, I hope you feel better. She offered me this spot because she you knew I was such a, a big Spider-Man fan. Um, but she's not feeling well, so that's why I was able to uh, swoop in and, and take the spot. So thank you for that. Um, I am a, I mean, and George mentioned it too, I'm a big fan of uh, Lord and Miller. Um, they, you know, I loved everything they've put to, you know, screen. Um, my, my big fear is, is worry about oversaturation. So I just hope that, like, you know, they kind of keep in line with what this one is, is that, and I think it was something that, um, you know, I wanted to mention. I mean, I'm a big Spider-Man fan because I love Peter Parker, but what this movie portrays and what I think was amazing, pun intended, is that, uh, you know, anybody can wear the mask. And I think that's a really important message because, you know, there's a there's a, um, a Peter Parker in all of us. There's a, there's a, you know, a good soul in all of us. And anybody can be Spider-Man or Spider-Woman or Spider-Gwen or whatever. And I think that that's good. And I think we need to keep that motto throughout the film series because George mentioned it. Like, people are like, why do you have to have, you know, a black and Hispanic Spider-Man? It's like, well, why not? Like, yeah. anybody could be that character as long as you, you know, you fit the role. You know, and I love how the movie plays that, like, with, you know, he's, like, with great power, and Peter's like, don't you finish that line. Yeah. Don't you say it. I've heard it way too many times, and I love that. Yeah. I just hope that the, you know, I, as far as characters, it'd be cool to see, it'd be awesome to see, like, a black suit Spider-Man, you know, and, like, maybe playing more, like, the villains of the universe, because we've only seen so many in a lot of action movies, but I feel like here they could actually animate them, um like Electro and stuff like that. Um, So for me personally, like I don't have any like major like wants. I think it just, I want it to maintain the consistency of, of good filmmaking because with a lot of these movies, they're just like, anything at this point is like, it's a cash cow. Yeah. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're putting these movies out. We want the money. And like Sony, you know, we were all like, all right, we need Spider-Man in the MCU, and he's there now, but Sony's, you know, keeps plugging away and, and trying to, like, do stuff with because the, they have the rights. Yeah. Venom made a lot of money. Not a great movie. This one, like, I don't know how your theaters were, but, like, my theater was kind of empty. Like, I've, and I've heard that across yeah. the board. Where, where, what time did you see that? Like, I, I mean, it was 7.45 on a Thursday, so, wow. yeah, it was a weeknight, but there was no kids. It was basically teenagers and, like, people my age. Wow. Yeah, mine was all... All people my age too. Although I did see it fairly late, I saw a nine forty five showing. Yeah. So that probably impacted it as well. But uh, but even even that considered, it it was a fairly empty theater, which I was yeah. surprised at. Yeah. Yeah, and that's my worry is that because like Spider Man's been in the in the cinematic mindset so much so recently is like is this now going to be? I mean, there's obviously sequel talk, but like. Is it at a point like are people going to get tired of this character? Mm. So my 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 big want for the future, the sequels, is just like try to keep them in line with this one. Yeah, yeah, it would be a shame if superhero fatigue struck this one and not the MCU. Frankly, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. because this is you know, like going back to our earlier podcast, Marissa. Like, I mean, as as times has gone on, like we did the Incredibles too, and yeah. I was ranting and raving about it. But as time has progressed, I'm like. I really don't have a desire to go back and watch that movie. Yeah. I can't say the same for this one. I can't wait to go back into this world again and, like, peek out at all the Easter eggs and, like, you know, spend time with these characters. And, like, that's the big difference is, like, yeah. it's 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 so different and it's so unique and it's a, it's a fresh take on a superhero film. And, like, we need more stuff like this. Yeah. 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 Once, it, beca- yeah, once yeah. it becomes, like, stagnant, like, then what? Yeah. Then, then 
what's next? No, I feel the same way about the Incredibles 2 thing. It's like I watched Incredibles 1 so many times and like, I, like I, you know, I think about it from an Oscars perspective all the time because we have an Oscars podcast and and I, I really hope this wins like every animation thing okay, it can. Absolutely. Yep, 100%. I, I'm devastated that this is going to steal it from Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's technically a live-action film, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's this is I mean, Incredibles two. I, I did I really did love uh, Wreck-It Ralph two, and I I love that more than Incredibles two. But like this to me is like it's my favorite animated movie of the year, and I'm not even saying that because it's my favorite superhero of all time. Like this. This does something completely different. I really just, I, I'm, I, I really like. I gotta tip my hat to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very unique. Yeah, the quality, really the quality of animation is is far and beyond the best thing I saw this year. Um, yeah. Tom, I think you haven't gone yet, right? Nope. Um, I'm gonna keep it short. I think the thing that I would want to see is mostly just um, other villains from other universes get pulled in as well to yeah. uh, all the mayhem that's happening. Like, I would love to see actually a Sinister Six made up of other villains from other universes with different animations oh, and stuff like that. That'd be fun. I think that'd be a really cool flair to the film. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, all right, and Kat, how about you? Uh, I mean, yeah, everyone has said it so beautifully already. I, I just, I feel like this world is so rich with so many characters that, like, I don't even know about because I'm ignorant to the comics. So, <laughs> like, I, I want every every person who we haven't seen yet to come in there, like, I, I want to see Norman, like, I want to see his friends, uh, I, I want to see all of that, like, like I said, I would love to see Venom, like, I, I want to see how they could take on those characters and, and actually bring them to life in the same way that they did in these, yeah. and yeah. honestly, Loki would love to see more Aunt May, because we didn't talk about her a lot, but <laughs> she was living, she, like, had a Lori Strode moment, I was like, moo. Took you long enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nope. she she was amazing, and uh, we don't need amazing. to see any more amazing, uh, <laughs> any more, like, frail Aunt May. She was like, I know what's up, I'm in this, and yeah, just would love to see more of her and, and things like that. Like, yeah. just give bring more richness to these already super rich characters. Yeah, what a wonderful choice to have Lily Tomlin voice that character. Like, yeah, it yeah, brings right. it brings such a like a a ball busting sort of attitude to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh, more <laughs> justice for Aunt May. Um, that, was, that was something I thought was really interesting. Was that uh, it would have been very easy to have a lot of like throwaway actors play the small characters. Yeah, but literally, like if you look at the cast list it is stacked everyone is famous and incredible and just nailing it like Catherine Hahn needs to be in more movies she is underrated (laughs) actors and she is great as Doc yeah that was a real like a very unexpected sort of uh, person and like take on that character and I was I was living for it um, yeah. yeah, the only thing I want to see is I'd love to see the next movie take place in like Spider Gwen's universe, just because the art on that mm-hmm. that book is so so beautiful, and the yeah. the one little moment they do of it right near the end there, I was I like gasped. I was like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Yeah, when they have the streets. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, beautiful. I just love that stuff. It's so great that the visual. You know, Latour wrote a very good series but it also is just one of the best looking series out there you know um so yeah i i would love to see a, a spider gwen um thing going on um, um since we, since we, 
Oops. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say Marissa or George, for somebody who knows of the character but doesn't have like, any like reading like background with it, like where would be a good like jumping on point for that character? Um, there's a, a radioactive spider Gwen. Is, uh, number one would be good. It, it has something going on for that one, which is actually kind of nice because there's not so much to go back to. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, it is a lot of fun, and they they do actually something pretty similar where, um, because she is introduced in like the Spider Verse stuff. Uh, if you so if you read into the Spider Verse, you'll you'll get to know her a little bit. And, uh, but in, in her actual books that are focused just on her, they mm-hmm. do sort of a similar thing where it's like, uh, you sort of know this story already. Like, it, it's it's adapted to her and things are different, but like, they, they assume if you are going to read like a, a alternate Spider-Man book that you know the Spider-Man story. Yeah. And so they, they do an interesting job of, of kind of Talking about what happened to her, but not being like, "All right, we're gonna hit you over the head with it a million times." Um, and and they do they do a good job with that. And like I said, there's there's not so much um, out that yeah. it's like uh, I don't know where to start because you know with Spider-Man itself, you got Superior Spider-Man, Amazing right. Spider-Man, Incredible Spider-Man, like all these different books. I mean, even like things that are just called like Spidey, um, yeah. which also <laughs> had great uh, art style, and I highly recommend it to people. But yeah. like. There's there's so many that you don't know where to start, and so something like Spider Gwen, you know, there's there's pretty much like a, a starting point for everyone, which is just right at the beginning. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You. And you could easily skip ahead if you wanted to, like, not do the whole series or whatever, even though it's not yeah. that that old. But like, yeah, yeah th- that number one is really strong and giving you exactly what you need to know and like introducing the tone and all of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody should go out and read it. Um, um, I did want to say, since we talked about Oscars, I do think that Sunflower is going to win Best Original Song. I think that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're out of your mind. It's going to be something from Star is Born. I will bet my every, yeah. be, basically oh, bet my right. life on it. Ugh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you should just cancel the Oscars, give everything to Inside Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 and Paddington for George. Yes, Best picture Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> unless they find a host, it's really just going to be a podcast or something at this point. Uh, they're, yeah. they're really... They're flailing, and I'm really enjoying it. Dropping the ball. Yeah. We should, we should start, like, a huge thing to have Spider-Man Noir host the pot. I would definitely tune in. It'd be wild. It'd be wild. Think about the opening number. It'd be wild. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's it for uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Everybody go see it. Um, I think, I, I don't know, like, oh, this is going to go up fairly right before Christmas and we're I, I'm not I'll be surprised if it doesn't show up on our top 10 list of the year um, I, we held it ba- I held back the voting on that simply because I thought this might end up on it so um, everybody should look out take care of those sirens yeah sir I gotta I gotta go save a bunch of, I gotta go swing out of here and save a bunch of people um, <laughs> <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was Spider Man Noir the whole time. Um, so yeah, uh, that'll be up fairly soon. We're gonna do an end of the year podcast. Uh, look out for that. Um, and the the week this is gonna be coming out, we're gonna have an Oscars podcast, a podcast on the first episode of Drag Race uh, All Stars Four, um, and then this, and then a couple other end of the year podcast coming up so everybody should look out for that uh thanks everyone for doing this um now go out and save new york city everyone
Philly. <laughs> yeah, fine. Say Philly. <laughs> okay.